0: Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of A Brave Space Podcast with Dr. Meeks. I'm your host, Chelsea Glasgow, and of course, we are honored to have Dr. Catherine Meeks with us, a leading voice in the fight for racial justice. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Meeks. How are you?
1: I am well, Chelsea. How are you?
0: I am doing wonderful and I must say I am quite awake and bright-eyed and open for this conversation. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the concept of being woke, its misconceptions, and how to truly embody wokeness in our daily lives. Dr. Meads, could you start by sharing your perspective on what it means to be woke?
1: Well, first of all, let me say that I don't use the word because it's slang and I try to speak in English and not slang. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry we put that word out into the cultural universe so that it could create all of the misconception and misappropriating that has gone on around it. But since it's out here and Mm -hmm. since we have to deal with it and since people have chosen to turn it into, uh, to weaponize it, I think it's very important for us not to let that happen without some conversation. So basically, the bottom line is people were, when that word used to be used way back in the day, it was kind of like a jab for somebody to say you woke means that you're trying to be awake and you're trying to be kind of... on it on the cutting edge you know you you know what's going on and you're conscious it's really about consciousness it's about caring it's about knowing things and being willing to speak up about them of um, and and not some kind of negative terrible thing as it has been made out to be in this ridiculous conversation that's been going on here for the last few months
0: mm. Mm-hmm. you're absolutely right, you know, and I I think woke has been subjected to this smear campaign in some circles, um, and its meaning has been distorted, you know, and so why do you think that is? Why is being conscious being distorted? Like, why are people having a bad idea about this wokeness?
1: So, Chelsea, you know, I hope the audience will will hear what I'm about to say, because I believe this from the bottom of my heart. Mm-hmm. White supremacy understands as a as an energetic force, as a concept and people who engage with it, that its day is actually over. It is what we are just seeing uh, it is a, a, um, we've got to reconstruct the, the way we do things. We, we've got a long ways to go before we don't have to deal with white supremacy, but basically to be able to buy into that way of, it was always an indefensible way to think about the world, but to be able to buy into that world and think that if you're a white person and if you believe your white skin makes you better than other people, I mean, that is an indefensible kind of position to take in the first place. Mm -hmm. And And it doesn't make any kind of sense in a world where black and brown people have asserted themselves and say, and are saying, no, we don't choose to be second and third and fourth class, class citizens here, and we're not gonna have it. Mm-hmm. So given that understanding, white supremacy has come to the realization that it better do something to reassert itself. And we are seeing the reassertion of white supremacy in so many different ways first it was critical race theory. Now it's wokeness. You know, it sounds like a disease and it's, and it's, it's not a disease. It's about people being conscious and people being free and people being recognized as being equal to everybody else on the planet. So when um, DeSantis talks about, you know, we're declaring uh, wokeness as like it's a illness that we've got to get rid of like COVID, you know, you know, he's saying we want to get rid of the, the cultural diversity. We don't want equality. We don't want to honor the, the, the cultural contributions of everybody in the country. We want really what they're saying not that they've got the courage to really step up to the plate and say it, is we want to be back to when white people were completely in charge and folks believed that white supremacy was right. Because mm. now only the white supremacists believe that it was right. They used to make the uh, people of color act as if they thought it was right now. And we just say, no, no, we we're, we're not going to be your second and third and fourth class citizens, you're going to have to share the, the planet. And, and we're looking to have an equal share in it. And that's what this is all about. That's what, that's what this weaponization of the word woke is about. That's banning books is about. That's what's uh, mm-hmm. trying to ban the study of, of, of the culture and history of people, Black and brown people, all of it is about white supremacists last gasp at holding on.
0: Mm, mm, mm. That's so powerful, Dr. Meeks, and you're right. You know, it's kind of like uh, those who are white supremacists are seeing their demise you know, with every voice, with every person mm-hmm. of color who becomes successful, who, who begins to speak up, you know, when, when folks, even our allies begin to um, rally for us, they see their demise coming and coming quickly. And like you mentioned, there are several ways that they are trying to silence these voices through banned books, you know, through um, overturns mm-hmm. and Supreme Court, just through many different avenues, they're trying to strategize to get Mm -hmm. white supremacy back at the top. And we're not going to let it happen. But with their multifaceted strategies, what's our response? You know, what are the ways in which we can respond in different avenues and different streams? I know one may be voting, right? One may be developing our consciousness in general. What do you um, prescribe for this?
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right. I want to say, particularly for younger people who have a long time to vote yet before they get to be uh, elders like me, voting is crucial, even though we want to sometimes say, I don't think my vote will count. It's just one vote. But if a million people say that, then it's a million votes. If a million people say, well, I'm just going to stay home because it's just one vote well, then we lose the election. And elections matter, just like mm. words matter and behavior matters. So we've got to vote, vote, vote. We've got to vote for people that are on the side of justice and equality and integrity. We have got to get rid of these people that that want to weaponize words and and concepts that, they know good and well they first of all, they don't really even know what they're talking about, and if they did if they ever figured out, they don't care, mm-hmm. so we have got to get rid of them Chelsea we need to do some congressional house cleaning and governor house cleaning you know we need we need to that's that's number one, and then number two, people of color have got to stand together in solidarity in the concept that all of us are wounded by racism and that all of us will get well together if we support one another and quit making each other the enemy because it is not the indigenous person that is the enemy of a black person or the Asian or Latinx person. It is white supremacy that is the enemy.
0: I think that's really important, an important thing to highlight, even amongst the different groups of people of color, you know, because everyone is suffering. And when you're Mm -hmm. suffering, it's hard to see who's who's causing this suffering. Right. And so you just wind up throwing stones at anyone who comes Mm -hmm. around. And because we're all in the same boat, you know, (laughs) we're all just throwing the mess. Another. And so, how can we develop a greater sense of consciousness about the suffering of our brothers and sisters and use that type of unity to combat white supremacy?
1: Well, you know, one of the ploys of oppress oppressors has always been to pit the oppressed against each other. Mm. Because if you can get the oppressed people to fight one another, you don't even have to do anything but stand by and watch them keep each other occupied with that. That's mm-hmm. That's been a strategy forever. And we need to call that strategy by its name and we need to stop allowing ourselves to fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are not my enemy. Young Black woman that's smart and can do all kinds of things if I let somebody make you if i let somebody make me think of you as an enemy as a competitor as a threat, then I have so- let myself sink into unconsciousness that is detrimental to the to the process of creating liberation mm. because what I need to be thinking about is what a wonderful thing to have you smart, young black folks and brown folks that can step up to the plate and and be the long distance runners toward liberation. And so to allow ourselves to be pitted against one another is one of the worst things that has ever happened and continues to happen to this day. And it's a detriment to the whole freedom struggle.
0: Thank you, Dr. Meeks, for saying that, you know, you are even describing your perspective or the lens that we have to have towards one another, instead of looking at someone as the enemy, look at them as a possible solution or an answered prayer. Mm-hmm. And so how do we know if we are conscious, if we're woke, what are the elements or characteristics of a conscious person?
1: Well, the very first thing, I think, is you don't let other people define your life for you. You don't let other people tell you who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to think. You don't let other people define truth for you. You know, we, we, we you don't let other people dictate your life. What is true inside of you? What is What is your source of integrity? What is your source of empowerment? and you live out of that space rather than something external to yourself. That's the first place, because if you don't do that, you don't know what the truth is anyway, Mm -hmm. because you haven't been investigating it. So, and and we have done a very good job of getting young people who, because of the way in which we've done education into a space where they can't think. So critical thinking is a serious lack right now. Two things, critical critical thinking and courage. Mm. You know, so you gotta have courage to look to look the truth in the face. I love James Baldwin saying you can't heal everything you can name, but you won't heal anything you don't name. Mm-hmm. And it takes courage to name stuff. So so that's a piece of being conscious and to use the slang for the consciousness is being woke. Consciousness and woke are synonymous as far as I'm concerned. And since I don't use slang when I'm talking, I prefer to say with this consciousness, you have to wake up and be awake. You also have to be a grown up and stop playing around in the sandbox of consumerism. And competition and racial traumatization those that's a sandbox that we need to get out of.
0: You named it. Um, the childlike things that often we take into adulthood that are unconscious are things like worrying about uh, status and money and riches mm-hmm. and you know, opinions of other people. No, we have to uh become adults mm-hmm. and conscious adults, those childish things uh, I think it was Paul who said, you know, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I acted like a child. But now that I'm old, I have to take on these new things. Um, mm-hmm. And that is that consciousness. Mm-hmm. Dr. means anything else that you would like to share on the topic of consciousness before we go?
1: The most important thing I think I have to say to the audience is not to get bamboozled by the echo chamber. Of, of media to, to turn off the TV, to turn off the, the the constant news feed that's saying the same stuff, whether it's progressive or, con, or conservative, it's the same thing. Mm. Everybody's pushing their own agenda. Figure out what kind of human being you want to be and then do everything you can to find the tools to become that person and try to live your life that way. And that pro process ought to include caring about the rest of the people on the planet. Mm. It ought to include having a collective mentality about the collective and understanding the earth is here for all of us to live on it. And we need to try to live on it in peace and harmony. And if you make a, if you turn your head toward that intention, some of this foolishness that's going on now will cease because people, by the time you do all this other work, you won't have time for it anyway. The sustainability of the earth, the the capacity of the earth to continue to sustain us as human beings is all tied up in this whole business of becoming a more conscious population and caring about one another and caring about the earth and its livelihood. And if we don't, if we don't get some of this straight, we're we're just going to keep on going deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole until one day we can't get out of it.
0: Mm -hmm. I think even you mentioning the environment is is really important at a time like this, because Mm -hmm. if we are not conscious, then we are going to miss the fact you know we're going to be fighting with others when we really need to band together in order to recognize things that are happening within our ecosystem but because we are so focused on the childlike things playing in that sandbox that you described we can't see the the forest for the trees and Mm -hmm. so it's way bigger than us and if we don't figure it out if we don't become conscious, if we don't start working together and doing that internal work and that community work that's necessary, there won't be a place for white supremacy, anyways. You know, no one will win.
1: That's exactly right. That you know, and you know, and you know, Chelsea, it's important for people, for all of us, to to realize that when we are being grabby and competitive and stingy, that having a hundred percent of nothing. It's not as good as having a percentage of something. I want to take my chances on having a percentage of something rather than 100% of nothing. And and when you try to protect your little turf, your little fiefdom that doesn't have anything in it in the first place, Mm -hmm. that's that noteworthy or you wouldn't be standing there scared to death. It would be better to open yourself up to the abundance in the universe and the abundance that comes from having generosity of spirit and care for somebody other than yourself. Of um, it is better to live sharing and having a percentage of something than it is having a hundred percent of nothing. Every time, and that to me makes perfect sense. It's got no- got nothing to do with God or creation or religion or anything else. is just flat out reality, just hard, cold facts. I'd rather have a glass of water that I shared with five people, because at least I would have a fifth of a glass of water, mm-hmm. than to go thirsty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It seems like at times people think, well, I'll just stand here and starve to death. I'll have no nothing to drink rather than to share with somebody. Mm-hmm. And sharing is not a bad thing. It's better than going without.
0: And that sounds to me just like pride, right? The the fact that you know what, I'll kick over mm-hmm. this cup of water before I share it with you guys. That sounds like pride. And the Bible says that pride comes before the fall. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Brave Space podcast with Dr. Meeks. We truly appreciate your time and engagement. To stay connected and further dive into resources that empower, educate, and elevate consciousness, visit our online hub at centerforracialhealing.org. While you're there, don't miss out on explorations like the Who Lived Here? Where Did They Go? docuseries, or join our Brave Space Book Club. For timely updates, engaging content, and to join our community, follow us on our social media channels. Our handle is Center for Racial Healing, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. As we sign off today, a reminder to each and every one of you, continue to be brave and remember to always tell the truth. Bye-bye.